Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. Become a Coast Insider to hear the rest of this fascinating conversation. And check out recent shows where we learned about scientific efforts to revive the woolly mammoth, the latest in military drone technology, and the mysterious Shroud of Turin. And you can listen to those programs and many more amazing Coast shows by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Hey, your new work, Bridging Two Realms. Tell me about that. Well, yeah, Bridging Two Realms, learn to communicate with your loved ones on the other side. And my publisher, uh, George, back in early 2016, they said, so, John, do you think you have another book in you? And I, you know, I already have six or five. And I said, well, you know, George, you got to... I have to write through inspiration. I have to write something that moves me. So I focused on, I said, sure. So I focused on what are people asking for? Um, there's a lot of bereavement lately uh, going around the world. A lot of stuff is happening, as you know, George. So I said, oh, yeah. let me write a book for the bereaved, people who have lost people recently or not so recently, and show them that they can communicate with their loved ones on the other side. Show them, um, you know, give them some techniques, all the years that I've learned, uh, what I've learned, and basically also... What the spirit people tell me, what a lot of people are asking now, George, too, I'm noticing that they're asking more profound questions. Years ago, people were fine with going to an intuitive or a psychic, helping them, you know, with some guidance in their life, or going to a medium and getting a message from their mom or dad, and they'd be fine, and they would, you know, walk away or, you know, leave an audience or me personally. But they're asking more profound questions, like, what is my loved one doing? Do they know what I'm doing here? Do they still see me? Where are they? What's it like over there? I'm being more sensitive. I don't know, George, you've been in this field a long time. Have you noticed that more and more people are becoming psychically sensitive? Or have it, ex- Extremely. It seems to be growing by leaps and bounds. And I don't know, John, if it's what's happening worldwide that is kind of pushing people in that direction or whether it's a natural evolution. I, I think it could be both kind of, George, too, because... Well, that's another reason why I wrote it. Is the the first part of the book is for the bereaved. I deal with uh, Ray, I, I, Dr. Raymond Moody's work, who's a colleague of mine, Brian Weiss. All great uh, near people. Death, yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Near death experiences, shared death experience, which is something new people are talking about. Uh, what's it like when your your person leaves the body? What they're doing over there? It's the second part of the book is the training. If because I think uh, is the consciousness of man changing, George, or is the spirit world getting closer? I think it's both. I think we. I think it is a natural progression. And a lot of people they don't even know anything about psychic ability. Why they're so sensitive? They may be sensitive to the environment around them. They're psychically aware. They don't know it. Um, you know, so the second part of the book is for someone who wants to understand what's happening to them, because I'm a big advocate, George. I'm a big teacher of the mechanics of how this works. How does it happen involving the aura, the chakra, the meridians, the, the, and the pineal gland, the pituitary gland? Show them that they are the vessel. And that's why I wrote the second part of the book. And for the people who... Um, all of a sudden, they're, they're more in touch with the other side. They're asking, does that mean I'm a medium myself? Well, if that's where you want to go, here's the training and what's involved and the ethics uh, that's involved there. So this is the biggest book I've done, George. So like, I haven't written one in seven years. So because, you know, with the greatest respect, George, how many times can you write the dead are really alive? I know. You know? It's, so, tough. So, it's tough. So I said, this is, this is, let me address what's happening now. So I think uh, it, it's just really, so it's a perfect time for the interview. It's released today. So um, fantastic, and uh, I'm excited about it. So how, whatever you want to talk about, I'm up for it. If, if the late Harry Houdini were able to find you, because you know he was always looking for that real mm-hmm. medium out there, 
Yeah. What would he have done to try to convince himself that John Holland knows what he's talking about? Um, well, there was, um, he, you know, I, I was raised, when I was doing this work, George, I, I was over in England with the spiritualists who, I mean, even though spiritualism started here in, um, Lily, in Lilydale or, um, no, not Lilydale, that's where um, Lilydale is, but it's, um, when I started this work, they train you so unbelievably, you know. Um, so I think I don't. I would love to have been back in the day when they, when the old mediums were around, when you know they would fill stadiums. I think he'd probably um, look for evidence. I think he'd have to. We're more in a technology world. He'd probably look for the evidence. Like I, I just did the uh, the doctor's TV show, and they just filmed it yesterday. And this woman came in, and she. Um, she lost her son to the uh, Las Vegas massacre. Oh, jeez! Yeah, they always—it's always dramatic. They always, you know, they—that's—that's they, that's TV. And some of the stuff that came through, only she and the kid know, uh, known this, and that's what touched her. So I think Harry Houdini—he'd probably look for heavily based evidence. And mm-hmm. now they're doing—I believe more science is catching up. I mean, Dr. Gary Schwartz, his work with the athletes, oh, amazing the work. I was at an Absolutely. event that he was talking uh, talking uh, to us at uh, John. And he was uh, going through his scientific research and his how he studied things, and it was truly remarkable. Yeah, it's amazing when people actually look at the data of what what he's done with the and tested the mediums and blind studies and uh, bringing people in behind screens. It, it's amazing and, and tracking the brain. I find that stuff absolutely fascinating. I stay away from the woo woo uh, side of it. You know, I try not to go there, but uh, you know, it's a subject that's still. It's being more accepted now, though, George. I think it really is, and mediums are popping up everywhere. That's why I'm a trainer. You want to do this work? Train yourself properly. <laughs> Have you always had this ability since you were a youngster? Yeah, I, I, I've had this when I was a kid. Um, I'm one of five uh, Italian-Irish Catholic family uh, from Boston, and I was always the different one out of the, the, the kids. Um, I, would, I was very heavily into artwork and creativity and in reading esoteric books, Anything that had to do with magic, uh, spirits, religion, um, those old books, old movies, in TV series, too. I Dream a Genie, uh, Bewitched, uh, the soap opera Dark Shadows for the old audience. That always fascinated me. I wasn't interested in playing baseball. I would see the spirit people in my bedroom thinking I was dreaming. Uh, I knew uh, who was going to pop up uh, and visit us out of the blue. And you know, But back then, you talk in the 60s, you know, where... Uh, wasn't really accepted. It was just like, um, you know, even my dad used to say to my mom, something's wrong with your son. So I'm not even his <laughs> kid anymore. So uh, He disowned was, I, you for a bit, Absolutely. Huh? That's why my first book, Born Knowing, uh, is called Born Knowing. I was born this way. I think it's, yeah. I think it's in the genes, George, because I, I noticed that my, my mom had it when she was alive, but not practiced it at all. And my grandmother was someone, my Italian grandmother was always just grandma, the grandma who knew things. They never were the word they used the word psychic or intuitive because it really wasn't known, uh, you know, in her day. But uh, it's I was born this way, and I pushed it away, George, like most people that are different in society. Uh, you know, even like now with the bullying, I, I just pushed it aside because I was called freak, weirdo, something's wrong with you. An automobile accident when I lived in L.A. Um, I studied psychic ability my whole life, but the accident somehow awoke these abilities, George, and turned it up unbelievable. And I wanted to know, okay, how is this happening and what has happened to me? And that's how I went into the study of it. So I was born with this. As you matured, did you get better? Actually, I hid it, um, George, because I didn't, want to be, I didn't want those childhood memories anymore. My friends knew that I had something, 
But once the accident happened, that's when it got so strong where I couldn't ignore it. I needed to know how to turn it off. I had no problem being psychic. How do I turn this off? So um, it got stronger after the accident. I think because, George, I, I think my, that was my wake-up call. I think we've had a few in our life. Yes. We don't get too many. It's your way. I think it's, I, I say it's God's way of saying, okay, you haven't listened to this. Let's try this. And I'm not saying he created, uh, you know, God created the accident, but it, it changed my but, life. But he might have. He might have. Yeah, I, I believe that some things are put in your path for a reason. And um, I chose to, uh, when the accident happened, I thank God. I walked away, George, from a car accident where the car was crushed. And I didn't walk away and say, huh, I, I guess I was lucky. No, I think I had a little help. And I used that opportunity. And Jeez. my uh, energy centers opened up, and here I am. But I didn't quit my day job, George. I didn't just take a weekend workshop and, you know, hang out a shingle, you know, with a sign. It's, uh, I kept my day job for nine years. I slowly went into this work. I never wanted it to. I mean, wanted to go into it. I slowly went into this work. Now it's been over 20-something years. There are a couple books out there called The Egyptian Book of the Dead and The Tibetan Book of the Dead, which teach the living what's going to happen when they pass on. You have a chapter which is somewhat similar where you talk about what happens when the physical body dies. What can we yeah. expect? Okay, a lot of people, they'll notice, this is how a friend of mine just passed away, too, uh, and a lot of the audience members who are listening, yourself, George, have you ever seen someone or you've been with someone who was um, towards the end of their life and they're, you know, they're, uh, they're, on their, they're at death's door, if you want to say, and all of a sudden they spring back, all of a sudden, and, you know, and people are like, oh, my God, they're getting better, when in fact what I think is happening, the soul is revving up to have enough strength to leave the body. Now, I don't want people to think if their loved one is sick, they're getting better than they're going to go. They could be getting better. But um, usually the, the spirit, uh, it vibrates uh, so it can leave the body. But I did this chapter because a lot of people have watched people pass away, George, and they're troubled what they see here. So I wrote about it because I want people to know what the person experiences. Um, when, when they see the person having a hard time, that's the body releasing, you know, shutting down. But when they, I want people to know that when they pass away, no one ever, 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 George, whether it's a slow passing or a tra fast passing or a tragic passing, nobody goes home alone. Your, lo your loved ones or people on the other side, they do come and get you. And, you know, they help the person. I don't know if it's, they're given energy or, or what, but it's, um, I wrote it so people aren't afraid uh, when they watch this. And, you know, George, have you ever been with someone um, before, they, before they passed? You mean like within minutes? I yes. I, the, I think the closest I've been is been about a, about a week. Right. Okay. So you weren't exact. You were never there when someone actually left the no. body. No. No. Okay. Yeah. It's quite an experience, and um, your listeners will know this. A lot of people, it's a sad time, um, but for some people, the most peaceful time, most peaceful time, and something happens in that room. Um, a lot of people are about to pass away. Maybe a, a week before, a couple of days. They start talking to people who aren't there. Um, and, you know, the doctors will say, oh, yeah, it's the medication or the hallucinogenics. They're not on hallucinogenics. And if they're going to, if it's always the people who have passed away, uh, if they're hallucinating, George, I've got to ask you, why is it that they're always seeing someone who's passed away? They're not uh, hallucinating someone who's alive, like a, a partner. So I know people don't go mm -hmm. home alone. And Good I give point. a whole chapter. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a great section in there by David Kessler, who's the number one bereavement expert uh, in the country. He's the one that they call on all these sites. He's a colleague of mine. He did a story in there that actually kind of proves 
that it's not hallucinogenics. And, you know, I could get into that, but maybe later on in the show I'll tell you about that story if you want it. Okay, and, and when one goes to sleep, John, you know, you, yes. we, you're awake at one moment, then you're asleep, and nobody really ever remembers that moment they fell asleep. They right. just go. Is dying a little bit like that? I think it is, George. I really do. I really, really do. Um, when my mom passed away, um, of course, you know, I, we, I have no regrets because I talked to her about what it was going to be like. She goes, now tell me, Johnny, what's going to happen to me? She knew she was going to pass. I said, Ma, your oxygen levels will go down. They'll help you with the morphine. And she goes, I'll just go to sleep, won't I, Johnny? Like I'm sleeping. I said, yes, Ma, absolutely. And, and I was there, and I did feel her loved ones come into the room. And so, so did other people. But um, it's, 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 it's peaceful. It's, it's really, really peaceful. George, what was the original question? I beg your pardon. Well, by, you know, is, is dying like going yes. to sleep? Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people think it's, it's, it's painful. I think it's one of the most peaceful experiences, even though the body may not show that. It's, um, it's like slipping from one room right into the next. And a lot of people don't realize, George, when you sleep, it's very, very important for sleep because not only is your body rejuvenating, your spirit is also on the other side rejuvenating in the spirit world, but you're still connected to the body. You know about the silver thread, George, you know, that connects right, all, right. you know, like the body. umbilical cord thing, right? Absolutely. And then it comes back into the body. And a lot of people understand this. Just before they go to sleep, um, they, they shake um, or they uh, suddenly they're um, or just before they wake up. It's like they, they, you're jolted. Awake. You're jolted. Exactly. And it's kind of, it can be scary for people. So and I'm sure doctors or scientists would say, well, that's restless leg syndrome. I believe it's the uh, body just come, the spirit coming back in or just about to leave and you caught it. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it, I wrote that section, too. Uh, just like sleep. Yeah, I, I believe that, too. I've always believed that that jarring effect is the astral body coming back into the physical body. You're yeah. a wise man, George Norris. Yeah, you really, really are. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.